Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. fun. There's so many things going right right now for the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome in Monday edition Danny Mac show with BK courtesy uh, those highlights courtesy of Valley Sports Midwest off day to catch our breath and then get back after it tomorrow and they'll try to make it 17 wins in a row as the Milwaukee Brewers are in town. The Brewers their magic number was down to one yesterday and they won so they have wrapped up the central which does play into what may happen tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday in terms of what you're going to see pitching wise coming from the Milwaukee Brewers and by the way tomorrow night it is an Adam Wainwright start BK I know you're you're diving into Mizzou football and the Chiefs and the NFL but there was some good baseball over the weekend man that was fun unbelievable baseball over the weekend Dan I was glued to it I had my multiple TV setup going on I had my laptop I had my phone everything was going on over the weekend it was great This is incredible. I mean, what we're watching right now is unlike anything most fans have ever or will ever experience in their lives once again. And I have to imagine, and I would love to hear from the texters today. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. What is it like as a fan to just be able to consume this? Because, Dan, we... We went through the June experience, which was, as you said, some of the worst baseball you've seen in your time doing these games in the last two plus decades. And now we're watching the best baseball you've probably seen at least a 16 game stretch regular season. It's the best in two decades of doing these games to have both of that. The duality of the June versus the September it's unbelievable, man. I don't even know what to say about it at this point. I, I just hope that it continues. That's hearing, all you can do. You know, hearing you describe it, I think that's what makes this so sweet is... 100%. You know, the team was kind of rock bottom. I mean, June was rock bottom for me um, because you had gotten Nolan Arenado. There was the excitement of initially having him. He opened, uh, op- uh, homers on opening day in St. Louis. And you were playing pretty good baseball the first couple of months. You know, late May, you were... Uh, in first place and looking at uh, one of the better records in the game and then Flaherty went down and then the walks it was walk after walk after walk that is boring frustrating uh, pull your hair out type of baseball and not what we're accustomed to seeing and gradually it got better 
And I was just saying in the crossover, this is a different team. This is why you play six months, too. It's not only about the team, but then you find out about individuals as well. You're going to have the highs and the lows, but it's a different team. You know, Reyes is no longer the closer. He's high leverage in middle innings. Doing great job there. Luis Garcia has emerged. TJ McFarlane, the addition of him. Hap, Lester, list goes on and on. They've cut down their walks. They walked the most batters in the first half of the season in baseball. Do you know that they were on pace by my calculations after I think it was 81 dates or it may have been at the break, but I think it was 81. They were on pace for 700 walks this year. 700, okay? And then it was all the bases loaded situations and the hit batters and a wild pitch and then you walk guys. That is incredibly frustrating to watch. And then here in the second half, just even a month ago, Sutsugo, the walk-off with Pittsburgh. You had the uh, grand slam by Vogelback. You had the game that you were up, what, 6-1 at home against the Cubs mm-hmm. and lost, 5-1, whatever it was. Inning. You had the game. I remember against, that game, Dan. Yeah, you had the <laughs> game with Milwaukee that you lost late. You had the Atlanta Brave series in which walks became an issue at the tail end of the game. And you're just thinking to yourself, this team is just not going to get over the hump. There's been some interesting moments. There's been some down moments, but it's not going to happen. However... The team is different here in September. It is a different team, and it's so much fun to watch, and that's what makes this ride so sweet right now is to think about where you were, BK, and where you're at now. Yeah, to your point on the walks, they had an 11.5% walk rate in the first half of the season. That was by far the worst in the league. Now they're at 8% as a pitching staff, which is top 10 in terms of the fewest walks allowed in the second half of the season. It's... It's clear as day what you're watching right now that's changed. The pitching staff has become, let's pitch to contact, utilize the defense that's behind us. And we've been screaming it from the mountaintops all season long. Just throw strikes. You have such a good defense. It's going to work out for you. You're going to get the results that you're looking for. And they just couldn't do it in the first half. And in the second half, that has changed. And Dan, it's not just the pitching staff. It's also the slugging. Holy cow, we are watching right now a team that is on fire at the plate. If you're looking at the slugging percentage during this stretch for the Cardinals uh, so far in this streak, they are slugging as a team 531. Wow. They as a team right now have a 130 OPS plus, which means as a team, they're batting 30 percent above league average during this stretch compared to the rest of the league. They've hit 35 doubles and 31 home runs and their 109 runs scored in this 16 game stretch are 15 more than the next closest team. So now in September, what is it? 45. That's in the stretch. That's Mm -hmm. in this run. I think in September, it's now 45 or 46 home runs after the Bader home run. Uh, They'll have a shot with a week to go, six games to go, to set the month record, which was set in April of 1998, the summer of McGuire. So, yeah, it's incredible. And uh, let's see. You wanted some text. Here's 573. Dan and BK, both my mother and aunt are in their 90s. They have both lived through two Cardinals 15-game winning streaks. My aunt actually had been to Sportsman's Park by 1935. They've never seen anything like this. Um, And I'm with you. I, I, I... I saw the two. I, I've been doing games since the late 90s, BK. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of baseball. And this has been a hell of a run for this franchise since I've been doing games. I've been so lucky because even when they weren't good, I always say this to people, even when they weren't good, I went to the ballpark excited to watch Big Mac. You know, he might hit three home runs, might hit four, but he was on his way to 70. Uh, and then he was on his way to 65 and 99. And the team turned around in 2000. 
And all of a sudden, I mean, this stretch, 2000 to really 98, half of 97 to now, has been really fun baseball. I mean, it's entertaining. And I was trying to think, is there anything I've seen that's been close here in the last 25 years? I I, I mean, the September run of 2011 was good, but I don't think it's the same. I think this has been better. We'll see how it plays out in postseason, but just regular season. The 2014 was so entertaining. Oh, my goodness. That was a great team. Great. Best team I've seen that they've had here. Uh, Obviously, the October run of 06, but that's October. I've never seen anything like this in the regular season for the Cardinals, and it is so much fun. And when you go to Wrigley, as I was saying to, to Curbs and Michelle, I don't care how good the teams are or bad. It's the Cardinals. It's the Cubs. It's people enjoying themselves. And it's always something just off the charts crazy. Like, always. And the double play on Saturday, I'm probably never going to see that again. No. That was incredible. The center fielder got faults on the hand field. You the left your... fielder had his hat off just And hands on it his all. hips and yes. laughing. I mean, really? I've never seen anything like it, ever. And then he had yesterday. Could you imagine if they lost that game yesterday and it fell on the umpires? Because it could have happened. Yeah. It was close. So as I explained to people, if you don't understand the infield fly, it's really, it's really simple. And I can't believe that. And yet you see this a lot where umpire, there's confusion. It's really not that hard. So the reason you call it is that if you have a pop-up to Nolan Arenado, is that he doesn't come in and on purpose let the ball drop, and then you get a forced play at third. You, you go to second because the runners can't advance because they're going to be doubled off. So they you call the batter out. And then the runners advance at their own risk. That's how it works. And sure enough, the runners advance at their own risk. The problem I had is on our monitors, I didn't see the umpire call infield fly initially. I guessed he did. But then when they kept playing, they they kept going through the motions of the play. You're thinking maybe did he not put it up? And then he saw Arenado slip. So now it's taken off, which would be probably 99 out of 100. That's not going to happen. So they go to third, they go to second, and everybody's confused. And the umpire not only called a force play out, then he called time. So there was mistakes all over the place, but Giovanni Gallego strikes out Ian Happ and all is settled. And I'm sure the umpires are like, whew, we maybe, they'll never say it, but they're probably thinking, oh my God, we could have had this winning streak come to a close in a pennant race and it ends like that. And Schilt was all over the umpires. And I thought he handled himself, by the way, terrific after the game because the point had been made and he knew he was right and everybody was going to talk about it and you could read his lips he said you messed it up Mm -hmm. many many times and then he came out and said hey these these guys have done a good job they're very good umpires they're experienced and we move on so he didn't blow up the situation which is really good on his part because in the heat of the moment i would have been going crazy (laughs) i'd have been saying man my guy had to get out ian hap we were out of here we had a sweep we're blah blah blah." nope he didn't do any of that he took the high road which he always does and did it well so the cardinals no no harm no foul i guess and uh or no foul no harm whatever it is either way you want to look at it they come away with a win and now it's an off day and Tomorrow night, Wayno goes for uh, St. Louis. I do want to give a little credit to the Cardinals, though, because over the weekend, they faced adversity. And previously in this season, Dan, sometimes when they face adversity, especially injury adversity, and I think this is getting lost because it happened Friday in the first game, and we kind of lose sight of this over the weekend. It gets lost through the news. Edmundo Sosa getting hit on the hand and being out for the rest of the weekend was a really big deal. 
And on Friday afternoon, I thought that was going to be the thing that ended the stretch. I thought that was going to be the straw that broke the camel's back and we would see them lose a game over the weekend as a result of that specific situation. To your point, I thought for sure something really bad had happened. Now, I, I try never to speculate with an injury on the air. I will point out it looks like the knee or the left side or something, but I'm not going to say, well, he tore his meniscus. I don't know. But but by watching his reaction when he was hit and then, I mean, for God's sakes, BK, this was a guy that was drilled on the head and stayed in a game mm-hmm. against the Cubs. So, you know, I'm thinking when he goes directly into the dugout, this is not good. It looked broken. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you hate to speculate on it. You're right, Dan, but... I didn't know how there was any way that he was going to be able to play for the Cardinals again this season. Like in that moment, that was my initial gut reaction was, oh my God, we just saw the end of Edmundo Sosa playing for the Cardinals in 2021. And that sucks. And the idea of that with Paul DeYoung potentially going back into the starting lineup as your shortstop, like Sosa was such a big piece of the energy that you could feel from the club on a day-to-day basis. And defensively, he was such an upgrade for them. And that was such a huge part of what they had been doing. I thought that was it. I thought that was the end of this streak. And we were going to uh, talk about how wonderful it was that they were able to get to 13 games in the yeah. stretch. And that was going to be it. And that would have been fine. That would have been an awesome streak for this team. But then they just kept going. And Paul DeYoung got involved in it. And he hit a couple of home runs over the weekend. So... For them to be able to respond to that, to respond to the infield fly situation, uh, to respond to them not getting a great start out of John Lester. He ended up being effective in terms of the bottom line. I'm a little concerned about that going forward, too, because they had to look at him afterwards to see, you know, they kept on checking on him medically. So we'll I see about to, that. As of today, it's listed as TBD it for is. the Cardinals on yep. his spot in the rotation. So there, there's questions there, but they responded to adversity time and time and time again over the weekend. That's a huge thing for this team. Absolutely. Kyle McClellan is going to be our guest. And one of the first things I want to ask him about is, and he watches all the games, St. Louis native, Cardinal fan, but what are the parallels of watching this to 2011? He lived it. He was in that dugout and just seeing how this team has come together. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Cardinals win yesterday at Wrigley, and they sweep the road trip. They're sweeping everybody. They've won 16 in a row. It's a franchise record and on the cusp of qualifying for the postseason. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack, and there's a lot to get into with Kyle McClellan, the former Cardinal starter, reliever, St. Louis native. I know he's a fan just like all of you, even though he wore the birds on the bat and enjoying this great run. Hey, Kyle, good morning to you. Thanks for hopping on with us. We appreciate it as always. Yeah, good morning, guys. Good to be with you. But there's a lot I want to ask you about because you went through it in 2011. You're watching this now. I want to get caught up on how your fundraiser went. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. We had the 2011 (laughs) reunion. So I'll start with this. Um, Let's go with this. As you're watching this run, is it conjuring up the memories of 2011? And how do you compare the two? You were in the dugout then. You're a fan now. Are there parallels? What What do you see? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, very, very similar. I think, uh, I think the difference is we lost a few games <laughs> down that stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these guys, you know, every time we lost a game, when we came back from from a bigger deficit, um, you know, we had more ground we had to cover. But 
every time we lost, we, it was kind of like, oh, no, is that it? You know, because we felt like we had to win every game. And uh, what these guys are doing is remarkable. I mean, the fact that, you know, uh, Adam Wainwright doesn't have his best day the other day, but he has it early and the team comes back. You know, for a reliever, you know, nobody's had, you know, that, that bad day that cost the team because everybody's been there to pick them up. And that's what reminds me of our team is that every day we showed up, you didn't know who it was going to be. It wasn't always Albert. It wasn't always Yachty. It wasn't always Chris Carpenter throwing a shutout. It was, you know, the 26th at that time in September, we had more guys that could have been the 30th guy on the roster that stole a base or moved a runner over or got that big hit. It was somebody new every day, and I, and that's what we're seeing here with this team is you can't go on a run like this and expect your superstars to do it every day, and, and they are truly a team right now, and, and people are stepping up in all different ways. Kyle, what was your favorite moment from the weekend? There were about 25 that you could choose from, but your favorite moment from this weekend was what? Oh, man, I, I just think, uh, you know, going in there and, and, and taking care of business. I, I think anytime you uh, you go into uh, a series and, and, and take care of it with, with everything on the line, I mean, you know, to pick out one moment, I, I think you, you have to look at it as a whole and say, you know, to go in there with what they have on the line and to continue to persevere. When they get down, they come back and, um, you know, the, the, to me, there's not there's not really one thing that stands out. It's just that they just continued to, no matter if they got down, uh, if they were ahead, whatever, they just kept their head down and, and kept going about it. And they're just uh, they're going about it in the way that that you would expect a, a Cardinals organization team to do. So, like me, I'm sure fans go up to you and they go, "How are they doing this?" So <laughs> I'll ask you, "How are they doing this? How did this all happen?" It, you, it, it, winning is contagious, right? I mean, you hear it ever since you were in in fifth, you know, five years old playing. Uh, playing kid pitch for the first time, hitting is contagious. Hitting is contagious. Winning is contagious. And uh, I've I've said it many many times in interviews. That feeling that we had in 2011, when you walked into the stadium and knew you were going to win that day, it happened maybe twice in my entire career where we had a stretch where it was like, no matter what happens today, we're going to win. And they have that right now, and it's it's the best feeling because there's no pressure. There's no, there's no getting down. If you get down by four runs in the, in the first inning like they did the other day in Milwaukee or first couple innings, hey, it's no big deal. Who's going to step up today? we got plenty of time. Let's start getting a, a run at a time here and, and chipping away, and that, that's what they've been able to do. And uh, Once you get that feeling, it, it's kind of freeing and relieving to know that, hey, worst-case scenario, we're going to come back and win this game at some point. The Cardinals right now in the middle of their order have three guys that have hit at least 30 home runs so far this season, two of which are probably going to finish the year here pretty soon with at least 100 RBI. As a pitcher, how do you pitch to the middle of the order right now? Well, you got to you got to eliminate all all the other stuff. So if you if you can keep guys off base ahead of them, it allows you to go and attack them with the then that's that's the pressure, right? Like you know those guys are there. And this takes me back to those those early 2000s Cardinal years when you had Roland and Edmonds and, and Pujols and, you know, you had a, a murderer's row, if you will, of guys coming up there. And if those guys get on ahead of them, man, it just squeezes that pitcher so much more because it, it makes those at bat at, at the leadoff hitter and the second hitter in the lineup so much more important to make sure you, you, you keep them off base. And if, if you can face those guys with nobody on, you can deal with solo home runs. That, that's not a big deal. You can overcome that. It's those two, those three, and those, and those grand slams, uh, the two-run home runs, the three-run home runs, and the grand slams that really, really hurt you and, uh, and take the win out of your sails. And so that, that really is the biggest thing. If you're going to face those guys, you want the guys ahead of them not to be on base. I have said that Wayno, um, at the age of 40, hear me out on this, Kyle, 
and I know you think I'm a little out there anyway, so this won't be a, a surprise. Um, I said that guys like Wayno, uh, I would say John Lester, and there's a handful of others where nine, uh, I'm, 88 to 92 is the new 100. And my point is, and yep, I know, you I know d- you know you've done a lot of coaching, mm-hmm. and you've been around. You were an elite player. Is that these young guys that are signed? Go to a, a showcase, or they play on a travel team, and yeah, they're they're amazing. I mean, but they're mm-hmm. taught launch angle, they're taught hit mm-hmm. home runs, and the pitchers are all throwing. You know, they're sixteen years old throwing ninety five, and that's great. But then they get to playing baseball, and mm-hmm. now it's these wave of kids that are coming into the majors. And don't get me wrong, we have more athleticism in the game now than we've ever had. Yep. But yep. you get a guy that knows what he's doing and pitching, and doesn't throw a hundred, they're like, what is this? Yeah. You agree with that? I, I, I said this when I was in, in Texas, uh, my first spring training, we had about nine kids that threw a hundred miles an hour. And with the Cardinals, we had a Trevor Rosenthal was there. We had a couple of guys and I joked with, uh, with some of the coaching staff. And I said, you know, it used to be that when, when a kid threw a hundred miles an hour, everybody circled around to watch them. Uh, unfortunately now I feel like whenever I get on the mound, everybody circles around to watch me because I throw 80, 88 to 91. And everybody's like, I want to see how this kid, how this guy does this. He's not a kid, how this old man does this. And because I can't believe he can go out there and get outs in the big leagues. But I, I hope the game comes back to that because here, here's the deal. You can't sustain it. Look at Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks is unbelievable. He hasn't pitched in two years, right? I mean, he's throwing sliders at 96 miles an hour, 93 miles an hour. He's throwing 105 miles an hour. You're not your body is not going to be able to sustain that amount of of torque and um, and and pressure on the arm, and so and and then we're also seeing more walks than we've ever seen, more wild pitches than we've ever seen, more hit batters than ever seen. The 88 to 92 with movement and pitching, I'll take that all day. No, you no, know, it's, it's it's exciting, it's fun, it's and it's in command. I mean, when I watch Adam Wainwright pitch and I watch John Lester pitch, who by the way that transformation he's had remember his quote when he got traded he's like well he said something along the lines of like i really i'm just trying to find it you know and it's like oh man if we're trying trading for a guy that's trying to find it you know and in a playoff race that's not really what you're looking for but but man he is he has found it and he has been exceptional but these guys man they're they're pitching on the edges they're pitching on the corners they're they're just playing the game mentally physically um better than than I've seen in a long, long time, and it's refreshing. It's fun, and I hope the young guys are watching, saying, you know, a Jack Flaherty who has Ain't the ability the to throw, has the ability to throw ninety six, ninety eight. But man, if I can tone it down to like ninety four, ninety seven, and I can hit my spots and keep guys off balance, and oh, I can still strike out nine or eleven guys a game, and maybe go a little bit farther in in the game uh, because I'm I'm being a little bit more efficient. So. It's, it's refreshing for me. I think the game's going to have to swing back this way soon, and I think it's kind of on its way. Um, no doubt. I, I like the guys coming out throwing 100. Don't get me wrong. I, I was, I'm very jealous of them. Um, but, but I hope that there's a mixture in there where we can get the pitching side of it and not just the throwing. Kyle McClellan is our guest, World Series champion back in 2011, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Kyle, as a pitcher, what would it be like to throw in front of this defense? Well, I... I was very convinced coming in to the season, our, our season and as the Cardinals is going to be dictated by starting pitching. I thought they're, they're going to hit and they're going to play really, really good defense. Um, and I think that's what we've seen when the starting pitching hasn't been great. And we've had some holes in there. It, it's uh, they haven't 
been real good, you know, and then they're putting more pressure on the, on the bullpen because they're not going deep in the game. Now all of a sudden we're getting really good starting pitching. The defense has been there all year. It's exceptional. I mean, if you go around, say, say you came to the trade deadline and you were just looking defensively, who would you want to go get? Who would you want to replace uh, and take out of, that, out of that lineup, out of that defense, um, and replace it with? And I think they're defined. I think Amendo Sosa has done a great job at shortstop um, filling in over there and kind of really, um, you know, opened a lot of eyes to what he can do. And, um, you know, defensively, this is a very good team with, you know, and you lost Colton Wong, by the way, you know, that was a, a big blow for them defensively, but this team is uh, is very solid defensively. Yeah, you had a lot of questions going into the season, and one was replacing Colton Wong. Could Tommy Edmond be an everyday second baseman in the beginning of the year? He's an everyday Swiss Army knife. He was playing right, right. field. He's playing all over the place. To me, I found out that I'm not touching Tommy Edmond. He is an everyday no. player at second base, and that's yeah. I'll worry about everything else if I have to. You also went into the season trying to say, okay, what do we have in our outfield? Well, let's give the front office some credit. They 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 stuck with guys that they believed in, and sure enough, Tyler O'Neill has turned into that player. Bader yep. has taken his game to another level. You knew the defense was there, but it's been a better all-around player. Uh, Dylan Carlson is only 22, which I have to remind myself of. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, going forward and you say, was this a transition year? It's not. I mean, you're finding out that if you could pitch, and I'm 100% in agreement with you, if you could pitch, this team could win. And they, and they finally figured out the right combination of guys to do that. Yeah, and the outfield's a big piece to that. You know, like you said, there's three big question marks that they were pretty convinced on. And, and by the way, they've, they've traded off some pieces that ended up getting a lot of attention. I hadn't heard uh, that. Yeah, and, uh, and, and so they were, you know, you know they're feeling the pressure of that as well. But Tyler O'Neill's always a guy that, it's like, man, what can he do with 500 at-bats? What can he do as an everyday guy? Well, he's going to strike out too much. Well, he cut that down. You know, I mean, he's going to strike out, but he's also going to hit 30, 30 homers, and, and, uh, and he's going to drive in 100, and he's, he's probably going to steal 30 bags as well. You know, so this is a guy that, um, you know, has a potential to really be an anchor of that team. Harrison Bader always had phenomenal defense, but you can't hit 210. You know, you got you to gotta start hitting better, and now he's hitting better and, and providing some pop as well. Dylan Carlson, I, I was down there, Danny, doing um, games down in spring training and just around the team, and I was standing around the cage, and, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody looked at me and said, you know he was in high school last year? Hmm. It was like two years ago. He was yes. in his first big league camp. And it's like, and, and, and the, the, the person looked at me and he said, I'll tell you right now, I'll take him. I'll take him right now. Yep. And, uh, and, and I started really watching him. And, you know, I mean, just, just an absolute pro at such a young age. I think he was 19 years old at the, at the time, maybe in his first big league camp or close to it. Either way, he was, you know, silly young. And uh, what he's done as, as just such a young player, I mean, think about where he's going to be in two or three years, um, getting that experience and getting these valuable at bat. So I, I love where they're at in the outfield. Final question that I've got for you, Kyle. When you look at this team and you project forward to the postseason, how good of a chance do you give them in the playoffs to be able to go on a run? I know it's 16 in a row now, so that that's obviously exciting. But what, what do you think the postseason could hold for this team? I'll, I'll be dead honest with you. About a month ago, I was like, man, if they get in, I don't like their chances. I just don't think starting pitching-wise they match up very well against the team for a deep series. That opinion has changed uh, a lot in the last in the, in the last, you know, two or three weeks. I mean, watching what they do. So who go, who goes game one? Who do you guys throw? If on rest, I go uh, Adam Wainwright. Are you talking DS yeah, or in the wild card? Uh, for the wild card, you got one game. Wayno. Wayno. Yeah, and, and you're going to have the luxury, right, to line that up. That's, mm-hmm. I, that, I, I, that Don't underestimate that, too. That is a huge advantage. If these guys are fighting to get into the last minute, 
they don't have the luxury of lining that up. If they can win this now and they got some time, they can hold Adam Wainwright and make sure he's ready on that. That is a huge advantage that they have. If not, if they fight till the last day and the Dodgers have that time, they know they're in, they're going to have Max Scherzer or whoever lined up for that. That's a huge advantage that they have by winning early. Um, and so don't overlook that, you know, instead of having to just roll out the guy that's available, you're able to have the guy you want going in that game. But uh, yeah, I, I think you definitely go Wainwright in that game. And, and from there, look, they're so hot right now, it doesn't matter. I mean, look at what we did in 2011. Our starting pitching threw less innings than our relievers did. So if you get in there and your starting pitching isn't good, boom, here we go. Let's get out. we got to score some runs. We need our, our bullpen to, to pick it up, and you go from there. But they got the, they got the momentum. They got what they need right now. Um, and so there, I, I promise you the one thing. There's not one person in the playoffs that's looking at the Cardinals going, man, I hope we get that matchup. Absolutely. You, you roll with that, and you, you figure out all the pieces when, as you go. Uh, final question, two-parter for me. Um, number one, how did your gala go? And number two, what was the uh, reunion like of the 2011 team from your perspective? Yeah, our, our gala was great. It was a great event uh, there at the Four Seasons. Uh, we raised uh, more money than I had anticipated, which was great. It's going to benefit our programs in Haiti and North City, St. Louis. So uh, great response by the people that came out. Um, great night celebrating the work that we get to do. We got to hear from one of the families in one of our homes in St. Louis, which was uh, um just pretty emotional, I think, for everybody involved and the successes that are happening there. And um, we also had it on the the day that our event was the evening of uh, the earthquake had hit in Haiti that morning. And so, just a lot of emotions, kind of from that, knowing that our people were safe, buildings were safe, but there's a lot of people that were struggling. And our medical team had responded down there. They've been living in tents for a month, uh, where the people are affected, just serving people down there and, and doing what they can medically. So um, it was, a, but it was a great night celebrating what we do and, and being able to raise money for a lot of amazing people. And uh, the reunion was, was awesome. I mean, it was something that I, I enjoyed it, but man, I'll tell you just for my kids to be around it. Um, got my kids to take pictures with all the guys and um, you know, just something that uh, but we won't do it for another 10 years, you know? So I wanted my kids to enjoy it and, and really kind of uh, take in uh, that group of guys and all their kids. There was so the coolest thing about it. There were so many kids that, yeah, didn't exist at that at that time when we were a team, you know, got nobody had kids and they're maybe just like little ones. And we showed up, man, there was kids everywhere, all wearing their jerseys with their names on the back. And it was just really cool. It was a, a great time. The Cardinals did a great job. And the fan, the one thing I'll, I'll remember about that, I think there's 40,000 people there that game. And there was probably 38,000 probably for that uh, reception. And for the, when we were on the field and um, just the applause and, reception we got from the fans going around was was remarkable it just shows you that you know people here in st louis are never going to forget that team in 2011 no doubt about it so well put hey kyle thanks for uh, hopping on don't be a stranger and uh, we'll catch up very soon thanks for doing this no problem thanks guys you got it that's uh, kyle mcclellan you know he was bringing up a point about uh, adam wainwright and just very quickly before we go to a break i think something lost in the series with the uh, the the cubs the reemergence of dakota hudson and what role does he play here in this final week? And then what does that mean going forward? I loved what I saw out of Dakota Hudson. He looked good. Really he look, good. He looked like he deserves more of an opportunity. Yeah. Let's put it that way. He may get it. Can't get enough cards talk. You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac show with BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go around the major leagues as we always do in our final segment of the Danny Mac show with BK here on 101 ESPN. The Brewers have come to town and they made a little history. High drive, deep 
that ball crushed. Fly ball left field. Yelich. Let the party begin. The Brewers have won the National League Central in 2021. Brewers also honored Bob Uecker over the weekend, 50 years as voice of the Brewers, and they clinch the Central Division. Now, I'll be interested, BK, in how they play these games with St. Louis. They have been very cautious, one of the teams from day one of this season, to be cautious with their starting pitching, six-man rotation. Um, Cardinals still need to win to get in. Now, they could have some losses that allow them to get in. They're in the driver's seat, obviously, with six to play. But if you're Craig Council... I would assume you keep some guys on turn, but they're not going to go very deep in the game. But you just want to keep that rhythm of pitching every fifth or sixth day. But it won't be deep start. So you may see a lot of bullpen from the Brewers in these next three. And this is one of the things, Dan, about clinching so early and having basically everything locked up with three weeks to go, really. I mean, they, they just clinched officially, but this has been a foregone conclusion for a while now. You don't have the same urgency down the stretch. And then you just have to ramp it back up and flip that switch once you get into the postseason. There are teams that can do it. We've seen it before. It'll happen again. And maybe the Brewers are that team to do it this year. But I don't know, man. I would kind of want to keep my guys on turn. Go out there. Give your best effort. Throw, you know, 90, 95 pitches, whatever that ends up being, six innings or so. And then let's see you in the postseason for the next turn. But... I understand. I'm, I'm with you. I think that's how they're going to handle it. They're probably going to kind of ease back a little bit, but it feels very difficult for me, at least on the outside looking in for these guys to just completely ramp back up after they've been coasting really for the last couple of weeks. Another team headed to postseason play. Braves trying to get number 96 on the year, trying to get number 51 at home trying to get it down to clinch it. And he goes to the fastball, gets the pop up, joy under it. And the Rays are the champs in the American League East. Give them so much credit when you're competing against the Yankees, Boston, Toronto is spending money, and yet you look, they wake up this morning, they're up by eight games and have clinched uh, the American League East. Now, one of the things that you have to do is you make some savvy trades and also draft some good players, and they've been able to do that. That's a liner in the left field. That ball is going to bound off the wall. Extra bases. Margot will go to third. That's a double for Franco. And the Rays have an immediate threat here in the first inning as Franco extends the on-base streak to 41 consecutive games. And he is two games shy of tying Frank Robinson for the longest on-base streak in American or National League history by a player younger than 21 years old. He's an incredible talent, and a lot of fans... As you know, I watch a lot of baseball. This guy is really good. I mean, really good. And that's what allowed them to feel comfortable in trading Willie Adamas to the Brewers. They knew they had this kid coming. He's 20 years old. Yeah. 20. And he's already got an on-base percentage above 350 this year. What he's done is remarkable. And to do it at this age is uh, really it's almost unprecedented what we're watching right now with him. And Dan, the other thing that impresses me about what we're watching with with Wander Franco is his ability to ignite the offense at all times. He's exciting, man. He, he's a really exciting young player. And to do it at this age, he's he's leading what is right now the best team in the American League straight to the postseason. Former AL MVP Mike Trout won't return this season. He had a right calf strain on May 17th. He's been out since the middle of May. And Shohei Otani might be the MVP. Strikeout! 
Fourth time he's done that. He struck out 10, and that was a 5-1 loss to the Mariners. A's middle infielders are done for the year. Jed Lowry sprained a right hand. Elvis Andrews fractured left fibula. They're, they're, uh, they're done. Now, the National League wild card. Let's talk about this. The Pirates, they help out the Cardinals yesterday. The other way, and that's down into the corner. Tucker will score. Reynolds is in. Moran is able to get to third. They're going to wave him home, and he's out by a country mile. But two runs are in, and it's 3-0 Pirates. Key Brian Hayes comes off the bench, dusts his hands, and knocks in a pair. They win it 6-0 over the Phils and the Reds over the Nationals. Farmer in the air. Deep left field. Kyle Farmer. Grand slam. So right now, if you're the Phillies, you're probably not thinking wild card. You're thinking, okay, Cardinals going to win that. So we've got to catch the Braves. Scalded to right and fair. Headed for the corner. Around second, Peterson. He's on his way to third. Wash is going to wave him. Here comes Jock. They miss the cutoff, man, and the Braves are back in front. So the Braves, watching this closely, they hold a two-and-a-half game lead. They would sweep the Padres in San Diego. Padres officially eliminated from postseason contention over the weekend. Braves, two-and-a-half game lead on the Phillies in the East. And the Braves will host three games against the Phillies starting on Tuesday. That's going to be fun. It is. Dan, here's a question for you, Cardinals-related. I don't think that this much matters, but I am curious from your perspective. If you're the Cardinals, would you rather clinch on your own or watch the Reds do it today? Because the Reds do play the Pittsburgh Pirates, and if I'm my understanding is correct based on the way that it works, if they lose, the Cardinals are in, correct, officially? Uh, not officially, because the Phillies, the Phillies then would have, they have to lose or the Cardinals have to win. Okay. Is my understanding. It's not the Reds. It has nothing so to do with the, the Reds, Reds right would, now? Well, if the Reds lose, then they're officially eliminated. Okay. So that's how that would work because the uh, the Reds then would be eliminated and then the Phillies would still be six back with six to play. Okay. So that's how that would work. Gotcha. So never mind. Doesn't matter. Forget that I said anything. So let's talk about the National League West. And obviously this has implications maybe on... Well, not maybe. It will on what happens with St. Louis. So the Giants, they continue to win. Crawford, deep left field, Tapia back, adios, Pelota, and that is what they've been needing, and the Giants fans at Coors Field are going nuts, Brandon Crawford with the opposite field home run, just when they very badly needed it. Uh, Brandon Crawford, I love John Miller. I do. I think he's the best. Uh, love him. So the Giants beat the Rockies and the uh, Giants sweep the three-game set in Colorado. What about the Dodgers? Little middle fastballs that were hittable. And Seager hits this one a long way to left. It is gone! A home run for Seager. And the Dodgers jump on top one nothing. So Seager, that home run, and now the Giants hold a two-game lead on the Dodgers for the National League West. So still unsettled would be the American League wildcard, Cardinals, the wildcard with uh, the National League, and then you have the National League East and the National League West. So still some uh, games of importance here in this final week. Yeah, and down the stretch, the way that it sets up, the Giants' final six games, they've got six home games, three against Arizona, three against San Diego. By the way, San Diego being eliminated with another week left in the in the regular mm. season. If you had told me that in April, 
Man, Crazy. I, I wouldn't have believed you. And then on the Dodger side of things, they've got three against San Diego. So the Padres are going to have a big influence in the way that things shake out in the National League West. And then they finish things out with three against Milwaukee. So Milwaukee could also help determine yes. not just with head-to-head games against the Cardinals, but also head-to-head games against the Dodgers, who the Cardinals will see in that wild card game. You've got Alex coming up for three more hours. Uh, what's in store for the listeners of 101 ESPN? As you can imagine, a lot of Cardinals talk, Dan. Want to get the uh, impression from Cardinals fans on what this weekend was like for them to watch their team do what they did up in Wrigley. We'll do that for them 11 to 2. We've also got Katie Wu joining us at 1130. And Alex, you know, he had his first Blues broadcast. So we're going to give him an opportunity to talk a little blues. It's going to be very little, but in the 12 o'clock hour, we'll get his five takeaways from the Blues first preseason game. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.